Welcome to the Mindset School podcast. My name is Inga Pakalnishkita. I'm a life coach, neuroscience geek, and entrepreneur. In each week, I will bring an inspiring topic, easy to use tools to help you become the best version of yourself so you can create the life that is beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get started. Have you ever asked yourself a question? What is the right mindset to build and grow a successful business? If so, today's episode is for you. My guest, Sean Shepard, shares his take on the mindset and why mindset is the key to build and grow a successful business. Sean Shepard is a serial entrepreneur, venture capital investor from California and co-founder of GrowFX and GrowFX Academy. With three successful exits, who has successfully grown a dozen of early stage companies across a wide variety of products and markets, he was recently named the number two online sales influencer and contributor at the Huffington Post. He is now committed to working with countries, companies, entrepreneurs, and those who want to work with them on building startup ecosystems and developing the next generation of leaders for the innovation economy. Enjoy the episode. And if you want to see the video version of this, simply visit my website, ingapakalnishkita.com forward slash blog or click the link in the show notes. Enjoy the episode. Sean, thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I am super happy to have you here and to share your wisdom with the Mindset School podcast listeners. So Sean, uh, you are a founding partner of Growth, GrowthX and a co-founder of GrowthX Academy. Uh, can you tell us briefly what both companies do and what you do? Sure. Um, so GrowthX is a seed stage venture capital fund uh, with a accelerator program for startups focused on developing markets and making money, unlike traditional accelerators that are focused on uh, developing products and, and raising money. We began about seven, eight years ago, uh, myself and some other serial entrepreneurs, the founder of Match.com, the inventor of the truck bed liner, Rhino Linings, uh, the former top lawyer at, at uh, Google, and um, we, um, and then myself, who five-time founder, um, had the fortune, good fortune to have three exits. I've always been a marketing and sales guy, not a product and technology guy. I like to make the joke that I can't even spell HTML, but I, <laughs> but I, um, I know what it, I know what technology does to make the world a better place. And I know how to translate that into solving real problems and creating real value. And that's been my experience. And so we wanted to go, all of us, from being serial entrepreneurs to investors, <clears throat> and we quickly became frustrated investors because our companies weren't succeeding, not because they couldn't build technology, but because they couldn't build markets. And so we built a, we designed a, an accelerator program to help our companies focus on this concept of what we call product market fit, which is the, the notion that you're, you, um, 
in order for any company to be successful, you need to find customers and you need to create revenue and, um, and it needs to be lasting, sustainable and, and predictable. Um, so product market fit happens when you start to get more demand than you have the ability to supply that demand. The market starts to pull you as opposed to you pushing yourself out. Um, and that's when you see that's the real inflection point that happens in successful companies. And what, when we looked around, we saw that most, in fact, the data supports this. 70% of funded seed stage technology startups here in Silicon Valley fail. And eight of the top 10 reasons why they fail have to do with people and markets, not products and technology. Mm. So we built an accelerator to solve our own problem. And it's focused on three key areas. Um, helping a company find the truth about where its product fits in the market, if it does it all and what to do about it. Um, creating a functional learning organization out of the team of people that are responsible for doing that. And that's where the mindset component that we'll talk about today really comes in. Um, knowing they have limited time, money, and resources to find that truth. And then finally, to find a profitable, predictable, and scalable business model. And it's not based on revenue as much as it's based on what we call traction milestones. Um, creating activity in the marketplace that helps you find the answers to, to those key questions in a very organized and efficient way. And that's the purpose of it. And over the last seven years, it's been very successful for us. Um, we, we have, uh, we've generated outsized returns relative to the market. Um, and it's become so successful that we now license that program out to other accelerators, venture capital funds, government organizations, economic development organizations, corporations, entrepreneurs who want to use that program to achieve similar outcomes. And during the course of doing that, one of the things that we realized uh, was that there's a real lack of, of what we call stage relevant talent that knows how to work in a startup to help them find product market fit. And we looked at the university system and the education systems as a, as a whole, uh, you know, that's a whole other soapbox. Um, they're completely missing the mark, but um, they didn't and they don't uh, educate and train for these roles, roles like sales, um, roles like uh, digital marketing, what we call growth hacking and growth marketing. Um, and UX design thinking and data science. And so we launched GrowthX Academy as a for-profit bootcamp to help train people who wanted to work in technology in non-technical roles. There's mm -hmm. plenty of coding bootcamps out there, but there's nobody really teaching uh, technical founders, technical um, teams how to market, sell, design to find product market fit and do it in a very data-driven way. So that's the, let's just say the evolution of what started as a bunch mm -hmm. of guys just trying to get together and figure out how to uh, make sure their company is successful. And then now that talent works in the ecosystem. So we put those people to work on real projects with, with real startups in our portfolio and in our communities. Uh, figure out what kind of work they want to do and with who and where. Mm -hmm. And at what stage the startups get help, the companies grow, the failure rates drop. Um, we built a global community of mentors that um, are leading practitioners in the different fields that I laid out, sales, marketing, design, and data science, um, to hire those folks, to give them, um, to give them internships, 
to, um, to refer other talented people in that aren't getting what they want from traditional education. And, uh, and it's sort of evolved into an ecosystem that's very helpful and virtuous. And, and, um, and we're really proud of that. Yeah, that's, that sounds so amazing. And when I was doing my research for um, this interview, for this podcast interview with you, I have learned um, about the GrowFX and the GrowFX Academy. And I was thinking, well, this is absolutely amazing because I know what it's like to work with humans and how we're complicated. And uh, in my other business, we have been really struggling with uh, keeping people uh, and hiring right people. And this is such a huge investment when it comes to your money, energy, and all of that. So what you're doing, what you have figured out there, it's just, you know, I absolutely love it. So one of the other things that um, I have learned uh, by doing my research that both companies place a really big emphasis on the mindset and growth. Um, can you tell us more about what is the primary reason? The primary reason is if you look at back at one of the reasons we started our market development accelerator to begin with was the reasons why, why companies fail. Two of the top reasons why they fail have to do with the behaviors of the people running the company. Mm. Um, according to the data, I would argue that, you know, the team's behavior is everything. Uh, yes, we invest in software, but it's not the software that wins in the marketplace. It's the mm -hmm. hardware. It's the people. Yes. It's the people, yeah. And we found ourselves time and time again spending a lot of our um, energy and resources towards coaching, um, finding uh, founders with the right mindset that cared more about our help than our money, that were very much... Uh, what we call learn-it-alls instead of know-it-alls mm -hmm. <clears throat> because you'll find in the valley you, you know you can't walk 10 feet um, pre-COVID anyway without yeah. tripping over somebody <laughs> who knows it all yeah um, what we're looking for are learn-it-alls people who are very coachable mm -hmm. they all have the ability but do they have the willingness uh, and the desire um, do they recognize that what they don't know is more important than what they do know um, and so um, understanding in my 25 plus years as, as an entrepreneur um, that that people with the right mindset are the ones that tend to win and that there's very much a formulaic approach to that it's there's no accident that, that there are successful serial entrepreneurs that just do it over and over and over again and win and win and win i think it all starts with having that right mindset i don't think it has to do with um iq you know i think it has to do with eq um, emotional quotient, emotional intelligence. And so um, it's now the core tenant, you know, of what I think are the skills necessary to be successful in this new economy. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, now in my new business uh, where I'm uh, helping young uh, entrepreneurs or first-time business owners to not only have their digital business infrastructure set up right, that it would actually suit their business and with, would give them the benefits that they need, but also working on their mindset. It, it, you know, there is, if you don't have the right mindset to support your business, doesn't matter if your business idea is absolutely amazing. If you don't have the right mindset, you're going to fail eventually. So I 
I'm 100% on, you know, agreeing with what you're saying. And what would you say that, you know, you have an experience of being angel investor and mentor and you're five times founder. What are the three primary beliefs you see in people that stop them from succeeding in business? So I think the first thing that always comes to my mind when people ask me about limiting beliefs is um, negative self-talk. Mm. Um, I have a very good friend and, uh, and Growth X Academy mentor who is the Dean of Psychology at the University of California, San Francisco. And he also is, um, runs the uh, PTSD uh, wing for the uh, Department of Veteran Affairs in Northern California. And just in the course of a conversation one day, he asked me, he goes, Sean, when you're, when you're down on yourself and you're talking to yourself negatively, he says, ask yourself this question. The things you say to yourself, would you ever say those to another person? And the light went off in my head. Um, truly, when I heard that, when he asked me that question, because he's right. Um, no one is harder on us than ourselves mm -hmm. when we allow our brains to go into that place. And there's a biophysical reason why that happens. Yeah. You're not a bad person for doing it. Mm -hmm. You have this thing we like to call the lizard brain. Yes. Right? And the lizard brain is designed to protect you in nature. It's part of human nature. And so the lizard brain, two things. Number one, it doesn't know what's real and what's not. Mm -hmm. It has no distinction. It thinks everything is real. So when you start to create a series of thoughts in your head, good, bad, or indifferent, it thinks those thoughts are real and it wants you to act accordingly. Um, and the second thing is, is it's designed to, um, <clears throat> to protect you. So it, 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 it creates this, this, um, this uh, method or this, this action of, of what he calls leaping. Mm -hmm. And we all know the term leaping, like jumping to conclusions, right? Yes. Jumping to negative conclusions. And so leaping is this process that, that drives you to outcomes that are the worst possible outcomes in this instance, and they've never actually happened. Mm -hmm. And we spend so much time worrying about things that will never happen. And we take ourselves into these places that, that always think about the worst possible scenario because our brain is trying to protect us and make us aware that this could happen. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we have to do is catch ourselves and be mindful in the moment and stop and say, what's going on right now? Why is that happening? And is this real? Um, and so I think the first and most important limiting belief or the thing that limits our ability to, to be successful um, is um, negative self-talk. Mm -hmm. um, I think the second is, is that failure uh, is a bad thing um, and that mistakes are a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I look to Carol Dweck, who's the author of, you know, The Growth Mindset uh, from Stanford University here, who I've had the great pleasure of, of getting to know a little bit and, and followed her work closely and have incorporated it very much into everything that we do, whether it's the curriculum uh, in the academy or it's in, it's in our accelerator program with our founding teams. 
Um, and, and, you know, she studied child psychology and she looked at, um, what changes in a human between the first five years on this earth and, and the next 50 years. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is that we go, society starts to put rules and, 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 um, our, um, let's just say it encourages us not to make mistakes. Yes. Um, and, um, and so then we start to build what she calls a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. That's very much about us trying to navigate the world, avoiding mistakes mm-hmm. and looking at failure, mistakes as failure and looking at failure as a negative thing. And whereas what we should be doing is looking at failure as it's only failure if you don't learn. Exactly. Um, and if yeah. you're not, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying. And so getting back into that childlike mindset, like one of the examples I use is, and I'm trying to remember what the exact data is, but the average child when they're learning to order like 120 times a day or something, it's some big number, but you don't see them quit. There's no headlines in the newspaper saying, you know, toddler says, screw it, I'm done. I'm going to crawl the rest of my life. Right. Exactly. That's such a good example. I love that. It's really, but really 100% of humans who have the ability, physical ability and acumen to be able to stand up on two feet and use them, do it. Yeah. Um, so that shows me and tells me that we have the capacity to have a growth mindset and not be afraid to make mistakes, not be afraid to fall down uh, and try and get back up. But somewhere along the line, society puts us in a place There's another statistic that says by the time someone's 18 years old, they hear no, you know, uh, 50 times more than they hear yes. Yeah. um, Or whatever that number is. But there's, uh, you know, go look it up. It's out there. We hear no a lot more than we hear yes. We hear can't a lot more than we hear can. And -hmm. when I was reading my kids, I said, can't is not a word in your vocabulary. Get rid of it. Rejection is also not a word. Get rid of it. Do not take on the personal identity of, of somebody saying no and assume that that's your fault. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Replace that word rejection with feedback and look at feedback as a gift. And your goal is to go out and say, I don't know what I don't know, but I want to learn. And I really want that honest feedback. And we live in a world now that's, you know, especially I say this in my startups all the time. Um, people don't want to tell you the truth if it creates conflict or more work. Yes. And so you try, so, so part of having a growth mindset is, is allowing your actions to follow your words and say, yes, I do want the truth. Um, even if I don't agree with it, I need to be able to accept it, process it and use it uh, to be better. Yes. Um, and I think, so that's, so, so, so those are, you know, the first two. And I, I think, um, I think the third is, is really just overall having a belief system that, that prevents you um, from achieving, you know, your full potential, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, because other people have told you you're not good enough or, or um, your own self-confidence, your own self-esteem is, is limiting your ability to go out there and take the risks necessary to learn. And, Risk-taking, you want to talk about one of the key attributes of successful entrepreneurs 
people just think they're wild and crazy and they jump off a cliff and they try to build the wings on the way down. <laughs> no, my, the most successful risk takers take are calculated risk takers. So they do scenario thinking and sometimes by nature where they do think about all the possible outcomes, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, but they also don't allow the emotion of the leaping to control them as they're doing it. And so they're really good chess players, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Very strategic thinkers, thinking two, three, four, five moves ahead, but doing it in a very calculated way. And then they're minimizing the failure that goes with that, the impact of, of failing. Yeah. Uh, I like to say that our job is to fail quickly, quietly, and cheaply. And cheaply, and yes. That's... If we can do that over and over and over again, eventually we can, we can get to where we want to go. Yeah, 100%. I had a conversation uh, with one of the clients and she is now on the third business where two businesses, she kind of tried it. I, I don't know the full story, but what I remember from that conversation where she said, well, if this time this business won't work, then that means I am not capable of running a business. And I'm no, please don't say this to yourself. This is, you have to learn how to fail and how to learn from the failures or, or from the no's and to move on and to improve. This is the only way to, to run a business. Yeah, we all assume the personal identity of these business-based outcomes and it's just, um, it's, it's destructive. Yeah. Um, you cannot assume the identity of, of, of these results. And yeah. personal. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's taken me a very, very long time to learn that. And it still doesn't mean that I don't have a visceral reaction to these things uh, because I care so much, right? Yeah. I just naturally care. I want to help people or I want those people to like me. Um, yeah. And we take that and we internalize it and then it, it's, it, it can be stifling. Yeah, a hundred percent. And so what mindset one has to adopt to become successful in business? So we kind of talked about what they don't have to have in their mindset. So what would you say would be the right mindset? I think have? the CEO of a business um, should be the CLO of a business. They're the chief learning officer. Mm -hmm. I think that everything that you do every day should be to learn. I, when I, you know, I've had the good fortune in my life to meet a lot of very successful people and, and, and they have some basic things in common. They are avid learners. Mm -hmm. um, they read incessantly. They don't necessarily read books cover to cover. I don't. I, I listen to a lot of books. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I was ADHD before that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm a physical learner, I'm a visual learner, I'm an auditory mm -hmm. learner. Um, I don't necessarily enjoy sitting down and reading a book cover to cover, but what I do is I look for ideas mm -hmm. and I look for concepts. Um, that's why I love summaries. Uh, there's an app called Blinkist. It's one of my favorite, most used apps. Mm -hmm. um, and what, they do, what Blinkist does is summarize uh, nonfiction books that are all about personal development. Um, I think that that these chief learning officers or people generally need to recognize that in today's world, there's no distinction between personal and professional development. 100%. And it's, you know, 
this is one of the things that I, I'm kind of trying to install to everyone that, you know, because I'm now coming as into the business of life coaching and business coaching, and there isn't really a life and business coaching. It's just like one one way to go. And if you're that type of person that wants to run the business, you have to focus on both because there is really no separation in between those two. Because if you're not doing well in your personal life, you can do well in the business life. And if you're not doing well in the business life, you're going to bring that home. So how do it's, you have to work on the person and the person who is running the business. That's right. If you develop the person, you'll develop the professional. Uh, and especially yeah, yeah. in today's economy where it's so much more um, it's a service-based economy, people helping other people. Yes, yeah. the robots are coming. They're already here. Um, you know, those jobs will not come back in that form, but um, there will be new jobs. Every yes. new, every new technology for everyone. Yeah. Uh, and so you have to be very flexible in your mindset. You have to have a high emotional intelligence. You have to recognize the impact that your actions and words have on other people in the moment and be highly aware of that. Yeah. Um, I see it all the time. I have a very good childhood friend who's um, a very senior executive in, in one of the, I'm not going to name the name of the company, mm -hmm. but uh, it's one of the five largest companies in the world. That's Silicon Valley based tech company. And he was struggling with trying to get a promotion um, because he wasn't wholly aware of the impact his words had on his employees. Mm. He's, he's Gen Z like me or Gen Z, as you would say over there in the UK. Um, and most of his employees are millennial generation and they react and respond very differently to let's say direct feedback and being yes. kind when I say that, yes. uh, especially in public. Mm -hmm. um, one of my, rules is, is I, I praise in public and admonish in private. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't see the difference. He admonishes okay. in public very often, typically would praise in private because he felt uncomfortable mm. providing praise. And a lot of that goes back to how he was raised you know, without a father in his house who, and, and had a very strange relationship with him whose mother was, um, you know, a, a drug addict and mm -hmm he's an incredible man and he's done incredible things with his life. But um, there were a lot of reasons why he um, interacted with his people the way that he did. And within, within months, he was able to transform himself. And he just last week got that promotion and called me and was so excited. And all I did was spend a few hours with him over that period of time, just getting him to recognize number one, that uh, the impact that his words had on other people. So when they came out of his mouth, he needed to pay attention to how people reacted. And then next time he needed to figure out a better way of communicating those things. Mm -hmm. um, and he's such a smart, disciplined person that he was able to quickly make those changes. And that's one of my biggest things about help people, people shifting from a fixed to a growth mindset is it's not as hard as you think it is. Yeah, And it's not like you need to go, it's not like when you're trying to lose 20 pounds and you, it's going to take you six months and you're going to have to change all these things. No, it starts right now in this moment saying, I'm now a learn it all, not a know it all. And then starting to put that in practice and watch the reaction you get and the feedback you get from the universe when you do it, because it's instant. It doesn't, it's not something, it's not a long feedback loop. It's a real time feedback loop. 
when you change your actions, you change your behaviors and you change your words and you put that into practice and you start to see the results instantly, it makes it a lot easier to continue to do those things. Now, you still have to form habits and it takes yes. time, but it's all about being wholly aware of that and then taking, taking action instantly and you will see, uh, you'll see different results from the world, I promise. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the first step to any change is, is awareness of becoming aware and, and then moving forward uh, from that by taking okay. action. Um, so I am a true believer that the success of a business stems from the person that runs the business. Um, so you being five times founder, can you share with us three mindset shifts you had to make to become a successful entrepreneur? Well, the first one was putting the ego down. And that's a constant battle with every human every single day. You know, uh, Ryan Holiday wrote this fabulous book called The Ego is the Enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, it's always trying uh, to dominate mm-hmm. um, naturally, much like the lizard brain is trying to protect you. The ego is trying to drive you as a hunter gatherer, right? Mm-hmm. Human nature stuff. And so putting the ego down, which now allows you to be open and be a better listener mm-hmm. and start to take into account the things that other people are saying and what the feedback is you're getting from the world, <coughs> excuse me, and using that. Um, and again, not assuming the personal identity of that feedback, right? Mm-hmm. The ego will want to put you in a defensive posture as opposed to an accepting so putting the ego down is, is number one, and that's a constant thing. Um, the second thing is um, how to have difficult conversations. Mm. Um, and there's a fabulous book from some Harvard professors. It's literally called How to Have Difficult Conversations. I can't remember the name of the authors, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's core curriculum in the academy for everyone um, because it truly changed my life as well learning how to separate yourself from the situation, never assume intent mm-hmm. on the part of the other party who's, who's um, un- assume that it's unintentional harm that they've placed on you in some way or shape or form, mm-hmm. and how to use the third party um, uh, approach as the outside observer mediating two different people um, to, uh, to have that conversation and begin it with, I think you should be aware that what your actions or words had this kind of impact on me and made me feel this way, as opposed to you tried to do this to me, right? So difficult conversations, putting the ego down, um, were the, are, are the, are the, you know, the, the two biggest things that have helped me, Mm -hmm. um, uh, improve as a manager leader. Uh, I think the third one is understanding the concept of leverage mm-hmm. um, and not trying to do everything yourself. Um, okay. Tell us, tell us a little more. Well, near Naval Ravikant, the founder of Angel List, lar- the largest syndicated angel investment network on the planet, um, who I count as a somewhat of a mentor and, and I hope a dear friend. Mm-hmm. Um, has an, and by the way, he's got an incredible um, 
podcast of his own and, and tweet storms on Twitter at Naval and AVAL um, about these concepts. But um, he says we live in the age of infinite leverage, right? And infinite leverage means that um, to create true wealth for yourself, um, there's only really about three ways you can, you can do that through leverage. One is the leverage of other people. So you build an organization that is very people heavy and people strong, the right kind of people, and you get out of their way, you support them and, um, and, and you build a culture around that. Mm-hmm. Um, another is through technology, um, using technology to, to scale whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. And then the third is media, right? Social media, the internet, mm-hmm. uh, and just general mediums in general are the three largest ways um, you can uh, create leverage for yourself and create wealth. So that third one is really the one when I recognized, okay, what I'm really good at is not the day-to-day of doing and delivering, selling and marketing and then delivering on the product. It's actually helping others do it. Mm, I see. So, so now my role and uh, where things really started to take off for me is when my role was about identifying great talent who could, who I could coach, train and support in doing the work that I was doing yeah. and building, um, building, you know, my mini empire that way. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, so I'd say those are the, those are the, put the ego down, learn how to have difficult conversations uh, and understand where leverage can benefit you. Mm. That's, that's so good. And uh, leverage is, is truly, truly powerful once you understand how, how to use that in your specific niche or market. Um, it's, it's really good. And this is something that I'm, I'm learning <laughs> right now. Um, so I know that uh, you are focused on personal growth as well. So what do you do to keep your mindset focused on growth or how do you work on yourself as um, on a personal level, on the business level? What is it that you do? Uh, Yeah. So I try to think about the mind, the body and the spirit. Um, I typically, my my mind is the most dominant of the three uh, just on my nature. So um, I try to feed my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, as often as I can. And then I also give it long breaks because it needs them. Yes. Um, I kind of think about, there's this guy, Tony Schwartz from Harvard, who wrote, writes about this concept of the energy project. And it's one of the guys that innovated sleep pods at Google and places like that to improve productivity. It wasn't about mm-hmm. <clears throat> how much time you spend on anything. It's about these sprints. You do mm-hmm. these it, you find out your biorhythms and the best time of day for your mind to accept things and to think. And everybody's a little different, but typically the mornings are, for me, the mornings are the best. Mm-hmm. You know, I will, I will spend free time in the mornings, um, reading, taking in new information, um, looking at the people I care about and follow and in, in my group that also do similar things. And I'm constantly, I don't read fiction, for example. Um, same as me i don't read any fiction (laughs) everything i read is 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 fact or faction or historical fiction Mm -hmm. uh, something that's interesting but it's mostly about personal development it's about just being better at 
all aspects of life and business and career and relationships and things like that. Um, so I spend as much time as I can taking those things in. Like mm-hmm. Even when I watch television, I'm watching documentaries and <laughs> things like that. I don't Always watch- learning. Yes, but I don't watch the news. I stay absolutely 100% away from the news and any social media related to news because it's just not healthy. Um, Our brains were wired for the way social media pushes stuff at us at such a high rate of speed today. So I try to avoid those things. Um, Mm -hmm. Much happier and much more peace for it. Um, And I think most of it's just just not healthy. Um, So that's what I do for the mind. Um, but those big breaks are important too, because I can go, you know, there's days where I'm doing like today, I started at, you know, 5am and I've got meetings all the way until 4pm today and I'm going nonstop, but then I'll crash. Right. And that's okay. Like I need to give the brain a break. Um, and then I'll do that on, on the, on the, on the body side, I try to just and eat whatever I want mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but it's really important to get the physical activity get natural sunlight we lack vitamin d in this world um and 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 vitamin c and those things keep us healthy and keep our immune system strong and so trying to do physical things breathe fresh air keep the heart rate up I play a lot of golf uh you know mm-hmm. like to hike and run the dogs and Um, but even doing just a few minutes of simple things every morning, like sit-ups and push-ups, stretching, um, you know, my wife does the yoga thing. I, I still don't understand the moves, Uh, (laughs) but, but, um, I try to do things like that. And then I monitor, um, what I put in my body more Mm -hmm. than anything else. And I've learned that more than anything else in my 48 years on this earth is it's, you know, what's on the outside of your body comes from what you put inside of it. And so I stay away from things like sugar, which is the biggest drug on the planet. Um, and, uh, and I just try to look, I drink as much as the next Irishman, uh, (laughs) and I don't mind, but I, but I know, and I pay attention and I listen to how my body reacts to what I put in. Right. And then I try to exercise and, and, um, and, and it just provides some balance there. And on the spiritual side, it's when I say spiritual, whether it's, you know, religion or it's the universe Mm -hmm. or it's how you feel, it's your emotional state. Right. Um, and I don't, I, I learned, I learned a while back. Um, and I actually learned a lot of this from, um, reading and listening to Dr. Jordan Peterson, who I think Mm -hmm. has been a fantastic voice in a kind of a chaotic world in recent years. And he has this book called 12 rules for life. But one of the things he talks about is stop chasing happiness and start chasing meaning. Mm. Um, happiness is fleeting. Um, you know, it comes and goes like a hot flash, Yeah. but, but when you find meaning, you know, meaning is lasting. Mm-hmm. And to me, I've figured out for me, you know, the meaning of life is to give life meaning. Yeah. And I give my life meaning through helping others at scale or as much as I can in a positive way. And so if I can have a, the more people in life that I can have a positive impact on, you know, the better. Um, I think it was David Brooks who wrote a book or, or, or an article about don't, leave, don't live for your resume, but live for your eulogy. Mm, I, I, I try that. to keep that in mind um, as, I, as I go through. I lost my father last year, sadly, uh, suddenly to an un- undiagnosed cancer almost overnight. And at a very young, spry age of 67 years old with the rest of his life in front of him, spend with his grandkids. And, 
and that's gone now. But, you know, he, he told me before he was dying, he said, look, I, you know, I had a good run and, and your life is, my life was measured by the positive impact I had on others. And, and I feel good about it. Mm. And, and I want to be able to say something similar when it's my turn. Mm, wow. Coming for all of us. My birthday yeah. was yesterday and my son gave me a birthday card that said, um, congratulations, you're one day closer to death. <laughs> That's a great sense of humor. I, I, it's, it's good. It's, it's black, dark humor, but it's good. <laughs> well, I don't think it's that dark. You know, I, I keep citing all these authors and people I've learned from. Yeah. Robert Greene, who's the author, his most recent book is The Laws of Human Nature. And he wrote The 48 Laws of Power. Uh, he wrote The Art of Seduction. Uh, he wrote the book Mastery. Um, his, one of his main mentors is Ryan Holiday, who I mentioned earlier, wrote okay. Ego is the Enemy and Stillness is the Key and The Obstacles Away. And in his most recent book, The Laws of Human Nature, he talks about the fact that one of the problems in society today is that we have lost our relationship with death. Mm. Um, 150 years ago, it'd be, and before that, death was everywhere around all of us. Fatality rates for infants and, and, and illness and everybody dealt with death and, t and, t and touched it almost mm -hmm. on a very frequent and regular basis. And today we've lost a lot of that. Um, we don't have that relationship with death. So we just push and push and push to live and live and live and complain and complain and complain. And we don't appreciate the moments that we have and live in the present. Yeah. And I think that, you know, reestablishing a productive is important. 99.9% .9 of all species that ever lived on this planet are dead and gone. Extinct. Yeah. Right? Our time's coming too. So make yeah. the most of it while you can. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and this kind of leads into my um, next question uh, that I have learned through um, doing the uh, research for this interview that you focus more on uh, on meaning than purpose. So, or uh, not meaning, uh, it was passion, replacing passion with meaning. So- Passion can, with purpose, yeah. Passion, uh, yeah, passion with purpose. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about why you have decided to focus more on purpose rather than passion? Uh, just again, I'm very results oriented. I measure things, right? Mm -hmm. You know. And, and my life experience tells me that purpose is lasting and passion, um, passion is not. Passion is fleeting. Mm -hmm. Just like happiness versus meaning. It's the same concept and idea to me. Um, and and that, that's number one. So I think there's a sustainability associated with purpose and meaning that isn't with passion and happiness. Um, <clears throat> number two is when shit gets hard, <clears throat> passion and happiness go away in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Purpose and meaning carry you forward. Yeah. They yeah. should. They should provide a foundation. Because I, I think the true character of all of us is in not how we act, but how we react. Mm. Especially when things are difficult. Um, that's why values are so important when it comes to relationships in business and in life, is that if you don't have a shared value system with the people that you're most closely um, working with or living with or loving with is um when things get hard everything breaks down yeah. if you don't care about the same things fundamentally um and so 
purpose and meaning to the work that you do is so much more important um, because that's what keeps you driving forward um, into the eye of the storm, so to speak, when things are difficult. And guess what? They're always going to be difficult. It's, they, shit's hard. Being an entrepreneur is like just chewing on broken glass. Um, it's, it's a French word for crazy person. <laughs> you, have to, you have to feed off of that. And so when things are difficult, you've got to have something to, to remind you always, you know, I have a whiteboard with just that, my missions and, 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 and purpose and meaning on it. And I just constantly remind it and constantly remind myself of those things. My wife is vital in reminding me constantly when I get down or I go into negative self-talk or, mm. or I stop working on the mind or the body or the spirit or, you know, or, or I don't get the outcomes I want, or I start to assume the identity of, of, of a negative experience um, of those meanings and of that purpose. And because um, it's just a constant, it's a constant battle. It doesn't end. If you're trying to grow, growing is hard, growing hurts. You know, when you're young, you get physical growing pains, scars and stretch marks for a period of time and yeah. eventually they go away. Um, and you get the pain from that, but, but if you're not feeling it, it's not, there's no change there. Mm -hmm. And it's our, again, a biophysical reality called homeostasis that keeps us in a place where our body goes, my favorite place to be is right where I am right now, if it's comfortable. Yeah. And it's actually one of the things that I have uh, learned over the weekend. So I'm always doing a research about neuroscience. I'm really interested in how the brain works and how that is connected with the personal growth and how we behave and all of those things. And actually, the neuroscientist was uh, talking about the homeostasis and where he's saying, well, everybody is trying to come back to it yep. uh, or to keep... Uh, balance but actually uh, growth and stress is pushing us forward so if we're getting into a stressful situation this is actually good because it's it's telling us that we need to take action to either you know the lizard brain would tell us go get food go get shelter or yeah. if you're lonely go and find somebody so stress is good so we have to use that as well towards uh towards the growth and and it's always a constant battle as as you said um yeah the human the human condition the human body is a is a very complex but uh, amazingly engineered thing maybe the greatest thing ever engineered that we're aware of and we still know so little about the brain yeah so um but that's your body and that's your mind telling you things and you have to learn how to uh stop and listen to it uh and and uh, take it at face value. My dad used to say, trust your gut. Uh, now I know what he means. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, more often than not, you're going to be right. Yeah. You don't have to be right. Um, you just have to, it's okay if it turns out to be wrong, but you have to have a consistent way of making important decisions in your life. And I think the gut's the best. Yeah, 100%. So we have talked about all the different things today uh, when it comes what it, uh, why mindset is the key to, uh, to be successful in business. So we have talked about different things, but it's 
it stems to the person and the personal development and the personal growth. It's you have to work on yourself and you have to have the mindset uh, that will allow you to become a learner and will allow you to see failures as something to learn from and something to grow from. Um, so Sean, tell us what is next for you? Like what is your next thing that you're working towards with, you know, continuing with the GrowthX, the GrowthX Academy? Uh, what would yeah, you- Yeah, there, there's some, I mean, the, there will be some big news coming soon. Um, okay. But what I can say is that one of the areas, one of the greatest areas of, of need in technology and innovation right now is, is how to help uh, businesses um, respond and adjust to the, to this quote unquote, and I hate the term, but I don't know what else to say, the new yeah. normal yeah. And, and what the World Economic Forum is calling the great reset. Uh, there's never been a better time to, than, than now for everybody to have, once they've gone through triage and panic mode and have calmed down a little bit, start thinking about what the future looks like mm. and how do they rebuild their businesses in a digital way. So um, we're doing a lot of work. I'm doing particularly a lot of work around helping large enterprises and governments um, accelerate their digital transformation. Mm -hmm. It's always been something they've been talking about, but they've never prioritized it. And now they have to, right? Look at us on Zoom. This has become an, a, an everyday part of everyone's life. Yes. Uh, and so how do, how do businesses that live in a physical world build a digital world? Mm. And that's, that's where my, that's been my interest in the last six months because of the situation we've been in. And, and so we're doing a lot around that and there'll be some more information coming out about that soon. Perfect. So if people would like to um, stay tuned with the news uh, coming, where can they connect with you and where can they find you? Sure. They could certainly follow me on Twitter at Sean A. Shepard. They can go to LinkedIn and connect and follow there. Um, they can certainly uh, check out growthx.com, gxacademy.com. Um, find me on Facebook, Google me, whatever. I'm, I'm happy to, happy to, to connect with folks and, and do the best I can to be helpful. Perfect. Well, Sean, it's uh, been a true pleasure to connect with you, to talk to you, to learn so much from you. And as we have talked about in our pre-call, um, I know you're uh, visiting London sometimes. So whenever the opportunity will be right, it would be amazing to connect with you in, in person uh, when you're around here. Um, so thank you so much for your time uh, today and we'll stay in touch. Thank you, Inga. I really enjoyed it. Look forward to seeing you in person one day. If you loved this episode, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with your friends. If you are a social creature, take a screenshot of this podcast, include one insight you learned from this episode and tag me at Inga Pakal. I cannot wait to see your insights. Also, you might want to check out my free audio guide, How to Get Unstuck, which also includes a workbook. You'll learn three simple strategies to generate clarity, regain direction, and feel energized. Simply visit Inga 
pakelnishkite.com or click the link in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you next week. Bye now.